Could the Fed be getting even more hawkish from being reluctant to do anything in a hurry because inflation was all transitory? That seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? To now saying they've got to get a bend on. And they seem ready to up the ante even more. We'll look at what Jerome Powell has been saying and why bond yields are rising to new multi-year highs this morning. Plus the latest on Ukraine and the dilemma with oil rising sharply again today. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of March, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the share markets have been nervous. We've seen a 0.4% fall in the Nasdaq at close, 0.6% down for the Dow. The S&P 500 is flat. In all cases, it was much worse during the session, uh, and it climbed back in the hour of power just before close. Energy stocks are up 3.7% today on the S&P 500. Uh, 0.6% off for the DAX, the FTSE 100, up half a percent. Big moves, though. That's the big story today on bonds hitting multi-year highs. Yields for 10-year treasuries are up 16 basis points. Much the same in Europe. 10-year guilds up 14 basis points. German bonds up 10, whereas we had little movement in Asia yesterday. But that was yesterday. Let's see what today brings. The US dollar up a little this morning, a quarter percent on the DXY. The Aussie, one of the worst performers. It was down almost 0.4 percent. It's gained a lot of that back. The euro down a third of 1 percent. The pound more or less holding itself. And oil rising higher, 7.7% up for Brent, over $116 a barrel again. WTI is up 7.3% as well. Uh, but let's start with equities and particularly bond yields. Nabs Ray Atrell is here today because that's the big story today. It sounds like uh, markets are listening to the Fed at long last. And in fact, the Fed is uh, is becoming more hawkish. Jerome Powell uh, talking and, and certainly up, upping the ante. Yeah, he? morning, Phil. That's certainly the case. And we've seen, uh, as you say, the the bond market, I think, is back front and centre, um, maybe alongside oil, which you can talk about in a moment. But um, yes, so Powell spoke to the National Association of Business Economists and uh, really didn't pull back at all in terms of uh, you know uh, the hawkish rhetoric that obviously came out of last week's um, FOMC. He talks about uh, moving expeditiously towards tighter monetary policy um, and says we mo- we need to move near and neutral um, and then to more restrictive if necessary and uh, I think the one of the comments that's really caught the market's eye is to say that there is nothing that would prevent a 50 basis point increase in the funds rate in May so I've uh, just been looking at uh, money market pricing I think we were sort of as we said yesterday probably halfway between uh, 25 and 50 basis points as of Friday's New York close um, that's now moved up to about an 84 uh, percent probability so um, yeah. um, that's looking you know very much odds on there which you know I suppose you know, that probably means a decision on the balance sheet might not come until the June meeting and I'm discussing it with with colleagues yesterday thinking that um, you know the, the, the month in which they decide to start the process of balance sheet reduction um, is probably not one where they would also want to deliver a, a 50 pointer but uh, but who knows given the the current mood at least anyway but um, yes yeah, so the, the impact yeah. on bond yields which were already rising has been pretty substantial as you as you say I'm looking at uh, 2.10 it's the first time the two year has been a above two uh, percent in this move has Ned and tens now knocking on the door of two point three percent. But all these moves started before he even opened his mouth, as though people were expecting he was going to be a bit more hawkish today, weren't they? 
I think that is true. It, uh, we've seen a sort of a little bit of a, you know, a delayed response, I suppose, to, to reflections on uh, FOMC and, you know, um, I think as we, as we mentioned yesterday, even some of the more, you know, traditionally dovish FOMC members, you know, like Neil Kashkari from the Minneapolis Fed, you know, saying that he wants balance sheet reduction to begin as early as the May meeting. So, um, you know, I think the view that, uh, you know, the the um, the Fed of old concerned about too low inflation, I mean, it's, it really is a, a, a massive paradigm shift uh, and I think it is, it's just taking a little bit of time for the market to really comprehend this at least anyway and um, and you know one of the big issues um, that we talk about in currency land is you know if the market does reassess its view about what the, what the end point will be for Fed policy um, you know that has implications for the US dollar um, you know which hasn't really been moving up through this uh, latest ratchet up in uh, short end rates because the market still believes that um, the Fed's going to be forced to blink and, and probably stop you know somewhere close to two percent otherwise it's going to mm. cause a recession but uh, at the moment the Fed is, is so hell-bent it seems on, on getting to grips with inflation that uh, that's clearly taking the, the priority and, uh, and markets are responding accordingly. So they're going to start they don't know where they're going to end and it's, it's interesting the ECB seems to be sort of like uh, changing direction a little bit I'm not changing direction just changing speed or impetus so we had uh, Joachim Nagel uh, head of the uh, the Bundesbank in Germany speaking in Hanover overnight suggesting that uh, when bond buying is stopped in Q3 that should be when rates start to rise no delays uh, so, so you know it's like all central banks seem to be bringing the schedule forward don't they maybe, maybe even the RBA but, uh, well that's that's uh, that's certainly possible um, we're going to be hearing from uh, Dr. Lowe this morning, but he's speaking at uh, a Meet the Regulators panel, which is ASIC's um, mm. annual forum. So um, I'm not sure that's the occasion where we're going to see the three-year bond futures moving up 10 or 20 basis points. We will see upward pressure on yields, you know, purely because of the mathematical influence of, uh, of what's happening with US yields. But uh, I don't think we're going to have any more clues about uh, whether a rate rise earlier than, say, August, which is NAB's view, and also I'd say is the current of market consensus um you know although we have been saying that uh, you know probably all meetings from may are live and um you know and, and that there is a risk of a of a major uplift inflation when we get the q1 cpi report cpi report at the end of uh, at the end of april but um at the moment um it still seems to be the case that the uh, the rba is going to lag and uh, if we're talking about yeah. curve flattening there's not a lot of sign of that in the australian market is there no well so is it no two tens are like 118 basis points compared to 18 <laughs> in the United States. It's quite different. Yes. But, uh, so I confidently predict that the Fed funds rate is going to be higher than the RBA's cash rate at the end of 2022. How about that for a bold prediction? Right. And are we going to get anything out of the ECB today? So we've got uh, Christine Lagarde at uh, the BIS Innovation <laughs> Summit. Pre-recorded though, so uh, so no room for questions, which is uh, which is why we don't take uh, talkback calls on this podcast because you can't do that when it's pre-recorded. So so is she going to is, is she going to say anything? We've got her and we've got Fabio Panetta as well. So two ECB executive board members mm-hmm. uh, talking today. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, there are some remarks I've seen, you know, from uh, from Lagarde overnight, but they don't seem to be uh, moving us any further forward in, in understanding, you know, exactly what the ECB might do. And there's obviously clearly still something 
of a battle between the the, the hawks and the doves um, on the governing council. Mm. So, um, you know, so whether the views of one individual member, obviously, Christine Lagarde's views should count for more than anybody else. But um, at the moment, I don't think there's any sort of you know panic stations, uh, unlike at the, at the Federal Reserve at least. And the fact that the euro is uh, you know has lost some of that that's a at risk of, of big downward moves on the euro if we were looking at a sort of a you know three five cent um euro cent move down then i think there would be a little bit of panic stations perhaps but um you know at the moment the euro is sort of holding in reasonably well, I wonder, steadily so i don't think that adds any sort of urgency for the ecb to think that it needs to uh shore up its its its, its anti-inflation credentials um you know heart with a mind to maybe providing a little bit more stability to the euro i don't think that's centre of the radar just yet. Yeah, but if rising oil prices, rising energy prices, and, and you know, then that changes the tune, doesn't it? And we are seeing oil back on the rise again. And the Wall Street Journal is saying today that uh, EU members are now open to the idea of a total ban on Russian oil. Obviously, they've got to get all 27 member states to, to agree to it, including Germany. But they seem to think they might be closer uh, to that. Uh, so that would be a game changer. Well, it certainly would, yes. And, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, countries like, um, you know, Germany, I'm assuming this doesn't extend to gas. I haven't seen gas mentioned in that no. report. I don't know whether you have, but uh, so it is, it is purely oil. But um, yes, so the report is clearly sourced from some EU member states saying that uh, support is growing for an EU-wide ban. But as you say, that's, um, you know, there's a long way to go probably before that could be agreed. But, but clearly, you know, um, the EU does seem to be in a mood to, uh, to be willing to, 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 you know, to inflict pain on itself uh, for the greater good, if you like, yeah. in terms of adding to, um, you know, just the economic pain that, that Russia is, is already clearly suffering. So watch that uh, space with interest at least. But um, yeah, but Brent crude, I'm looking at the screen now. I've got it at t- up seven and a half dollars. It might be very different in half an hour in, uh, mm. when we broadcast this, but uh, we're $115 for Brent here. So um, and, and over $110 for WTI. So, you know, that can only add to, um, you know, to short term inflation expectations. Well, there's going to be more happening, isn't there, if Russia does more. So, uh, you know, we were talking yesterday about, you know, there's, there's hopes that there might be some peace deal coming down the track and, you know, reports that are, one Ukrainian negotiator saying that Russia has eased its stance on some issues. Uh, so, uh, you know, we might not like Putin, but better to get a deal, a deal than, uh, uh, you know, have a deal with the de- devil rather than uh, carry on like we are. But it's not looking good at the moment. I mean, there was this deadline imposed on Mariupol to surrender or face the consequences. That's passed. And it does seem like the Russian approach is that, uh, given that they've not been doing very well so far, is impose more civilian casualties. So, you know, if that keeps on happening, then the, the, the West is going to start saying, well, we have to do something more. Which, you know, at the very least is going to be more sanctions, isn't it? So that might be enough to prompt uh, Europe to uh, to head in that direction. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to see, of course. And then in the meantime, you know, I think that you know, so now you've got the sort of double whammy, I guess, of this further ratchet up in year, in, in bond yields. But, yeah, yeah. but some of that sort of optimism that, that was clearly sort of permeated markets last week, which was a pretty positive one for risk sentiment and, and global equities. Um, not on uh, not on not on show this morning, is it? And so together we with those higher bond yields we've certainly started the week with equities back on the back foot which to my mind looks to be very justified 
Well, it all ties together, doesn't it? Higher, uh, higher inflation from higher oil prices, therefore Fed's having to, uh, central banks having to act more. And look, the oil is, I mean, how is oil going to come down now? I mean, you know, the, the hope that the Saudis and the Emiratis would uh, up their oil production, that's not looking likely. Reading the FT this morning, they are both very upset with the US for not renouncing the Houthi rebels and uh, for the US stopping their sales of weapons to the Saudis to fight in Yemen. So that's another war that's involved in uh, in oil prices here. It's not just the Ukraine war. Uh, hard to get oil without bloodshed these days. But I mean, that all of that suggests, you know, uh, that there's no end to this rise in oil prices. It's not an easy one to see anyway. Right. Well, maybe not rise, but certainly, and we've been saying, I think, quite consistently that, uh, that heading into the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the oil market and energy markets generally were extremely tight, and mm. uh, we shouldn't lose sight of that. So even if, you know, even if the news flow, you know, does uh, does improve and we see some changes apart from from Saudi Arabia or others, which, as you suggest, doesn't look particularly likely at the moment. Um, you know, we're not going back to you know to seventy, eighty, seventy, eighty dollar oil prices, which we thought were pretty high about two months ago, didn't we? But, uh, you know, what would we give for, for eighty dollar oil today? <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, it is there. And I think it applies across the whole energy complex, which clearly you know, feeds back to to Australia and uh, you know and, and the relative strength of, of the currency. But um, the concern would be that there is a limit to how much you know strength in commodity prices in energy in particular can continue to drive the Aussie dollar higher, because at some point it's going to add to those sort of global recession risks, which are already sort of flashing. Um, if we look at the yield curves, for example, and uh, you know and a global recession is certainly not a good news story for, for commodity currencies, even if they're currently getting a degree of support from uh, from commodities. Well, Donald Trump uh, has piped up on Fox Business today, saying if Putin mentions the nuclear word once more, uh, then he says the US should be sending nuclear submarines uh, back and forth, up and down Russia's coasts. I, I just, I wonder which coast he had in the <laughs> I haven't got many that aren't diced over, except for one that actually is very close to the United States. I wonder if he's looked at the map. Anyway, very little today. We've got uh, New Zealand's Westpac Consumer Confidence Index. We've got the Richmond Fed Manufacturing Index in the morning as well. But, uh, you know, given where we are, it's central bank speakers. That's where the focus is going to be the first part of this week, isn't it? No, I think it is. And uh, as you say, we've still got, we've got two or three more ECBs up tonight. I haven't seen any, any Fed speakers scheduled, but that doesn't mean they won't pop up giving interviews, etc. And uh, and I say the risk is that uh, you know whatever they, the, the, we can hear from the Fed, we'll see the market moving further towards uh, fifty basis points. And uh, who knows? Maybe the market will start thinking that we could get back to back fifty basis point increases at both the wow. May and June meetings. So um, yes, I think you're right. Um, you know the economic calendar is pretty slim, as we said yesterday. Interested in the PMIs mm. later in the week, but I think you're right. It's central bank speak, and uh, you know whatever is coming out of the negotiations between Russia and Ukraine, I, I think are both front and centre for the time. Being. Absolutely. Well, good to talk again, Ray. We'll catch you again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And if you're joining us because you read all about us in the AFR yesterday morning, well, welcome. And you'll meet another member of our team tomorrow. Uh, Tapas Strickland is going to be joining us from NAB in Sydney. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll see you again tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening.